Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway! So in this podcast, we discuss things related to musical theaters and plays, even though it's mostly just musicals. And in today's episode, it's no exception because we'll be discussing everybody is talking about Jamie. All right. I'm really excited for today's episode. I wish that Emma could be here because she's been pestering me to watch this or like review this for the longest time. Aww. And uh, she's she's really excited about this. So I'm excited to be able to share my thoughts. Is um, there any like, particular her. reason why she was so excited about this one? She likes it. I mean, she thinks the music is really good. She um, found it very catchy. She said that she wasn't a big fan. I guess I'll I'll give some of the thoughts that she communicated. She wanted <laughs> me to say that if I'm talking about her at all, I'll make sure to express it. Um, she really liked the song, but she wasn't a big fan of like Jamie's characterization necessarily. So um, I think the reason why she's excited is mainly because we'll get to talk about the songs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to be able to have a discussion about this. Maybe do her proud. This one is for you, Emma. Um, (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about Jamie with a brief synopsis. So everybody's talking about Jamie is a coming of age musical based on a real life story, which we love. Um, We follow Jamie New a 16-year-old who is actualizing his dream of becoming a drug queen while he deals with homophobia both in school and in his personal life. And then we can go a little bit more into the musical itself. So the musical debuted February 2017 in the Crucible Theater in Sheffield, which is incidentally where the story takes place in the show. Uh, I thought that was really, really cute. And it's inspired by the real life event, as I mentioned, documented in Jamie, a drag queen by 16. So I think it does what it says on the tin. Like literally this is about Jamie, who is a drag queen and he's 16 year old and everything is crystal clear. Great title, very catchy. It transferred to the West End shortly after on November 2017, where it played until 2020. Then, of course, it paused due to Panini and then it resumed playing on May 2021. So while the show received mainly positive reviews, it didn't actually win any major awards like the Lawrence Olivier Awards, I know. And it also hasn't transferred to Broadway yet, so like obviously no Tonys that we can speak of because of that. Um, But it did say it is very popular or pretty popular. It went on tour in the UK and also in Australia and it had a premiere in Japan, Korea, Italy, and it did have like a US premiere, but it was in LA, not like on Broadway. And the show was adapted into a movie as well, which is what we're going to be discussing today. And the movie came out in 2021. It's available on Amazon Prime. Okay, so what's your familiarity like with everybody's talking about Jamie Claire? I've seen the poster somewhere before, (laughs) but I didn't really know too much of the story. If I'm being very honest, the poster of the musical seems actually a little bit scary like it's very strong visually so is, yes. yeah, yeah it's yeah. eye-catching it's definitely it looks nothing like that by the way which is a surprise to me but anyways anyways um and I think last year when the movie came out I also saw the poster as well and I'm like okay that's um you know probably the same thing as the poster I've seen before but I didn't really watch it or I didn't really follow through until we decided to do something for Pride Month, even though it's not June anymore. But hey, the spirit is there, right? 
if I'm not mistaken, I think the UK celebrated Pride in July. Really? So yeah, this perfect. Freaking, like literally, they just had the parade itself in July, even though like June is pretty much universally Pride Month. But for some reason, I don't know why they decided to have the actual parade in July. So we're in theme. This is a UK musical. This is like in the West End, whatnot, and the UK were fashionably late and decided to do it in July. We're actually in step. We're 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 good. Okay, that's um, good to know. Right? It's comforting. Uh, but yes, we just didn't have the opportunity to do it for actual Pride. We did discuss like some shows that have uh, that had LGBTQ characters um, during Pride Month, but we didn't really have one that was the focus. Um, so we're really excited to do this one. Now, in terms of how I heard about it, we can go with the uncharacteristically uh, reason for myself, which is I heard about it from Emma. And she was like, oh, my God, have you heard about this amazing show? The music is great, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, no, I haven't heard of it. I'm busy doing my other things. So I'm <laughs> going to look into it maybe some time later. And Wait, when was this? To me, it feels like she's been talking about it for forever. So I'm going to say at the very least, six months to a year. Okay. So after we started the podcast, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it was over six months for sure. So maybe like closer to nine months to a year, something along that line, timeline. So quite a while back. And I didn't listen to any of it. I just knew that like, oh, this is a show she talks about quite frequently and asks me quite frequently to see it or to just listen to the music and we both do the same thing like I tell her like oh my god you have to listen to Hades Town it's amazing or oh my god you have to listen to uh the great comet and she ignores me (laughs) and the same um was done here except I actually fulfilled the brief if I want to make her listen to something I either force her to do it so July 1st was Canada Day happy Canada Day and during the long weekend, I actually just like sat her down. I was like, I think you'd like Ride the Cyclone. We're going to watch Ride the Cyclone. And she did watch Ride the Cyclone. So yeah, that is kind of the way to navigate with her. I don't think she'll have the same pull with me, depending. Maybe she should try it out and we'll see what happens once. <laughs> Speaking of, how was your July 1st long weekend? It was good. I went to Montreal to visit my sister and it was fun. Well, I literally just saw her a week prior because we <laughs> just finished our Portugal trip. So it didn't feel like all too exciting, thrilling, like, oh my God, I haven't seen him forever. But it was still nice to spend time away in Montreal because that's when I went to school. So it's nice, you know, like going back to the old city and walk around. Like I said, like Montreal is so accessible. You can walk everywhere pretty much. And there's Mm -hmm. always something like they have jazz festival. um, They have firework festival. There's always seemed to be something happening. Um, So, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of people. It was a lot of French. I don't speak French, (laughs) um, but that was fine. I enjoy my time there. Yeah. So we both spent our um, long weekend, I guess, with our sisters. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that is right. Um, yeah. So I guess without further ado, should we dive into like the in-depth summary? Sure. Okay. So as I mentioned before, we we're going to cover the 2021 movie. I believe Claire also watched the actual <laughs> 2018 show. Yeah, so I was she- going to say, I was mm-hmm. going to say the disclaimer that I didn't watch the movie like minute by minute. So I feel like I might miss something here and there. And that's because I thought that we were going to cover the recording, like the pro shot. 
And on the day of the recording of this episode, I was like, wait a minute, there's the film thing. And I messaged <laughs> Becky. I'm like, which one are we supposed to watch? And she goes like the film. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Now I watched the wrong thing, but I, you know, skipped through and I tried to like watch the movie very, very quickly. I might get something's wrong, but um, yeah, technically I watched it. So yeah, that's what exactly. We'll and you'll about. be more informed than I am because you'll watch the pro shot as well. And I'm sure the pro shot, you watched a lot more closely. So I think between the two of us, you'll be the opinion to defer to because you have more experience with the film. Okay, <laughs> sounds um, good. How do you like that sense of power? Um, okay, so the movie <laughs> opens up with Jamie waking up and getting ready for school. It's his birthday today and we see him wearing a tiara, um, but he decides to take it off before leaving the house. At school, Miss Hedge is teaching the final career lesson that they're going to have for the year. Um, and she stresses that not everyone can become a performer and to think more realistically. I came across a very interesting statistic recently. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's wide knowledge by now, but I was flabbergasted and shocked. But apparently a third to half the kids these days want to become like vloggers and YouTubers. Like oh. a third to half of all kids aspire to be vloggers or YouTubers. That's like insane, right? That is pretty insane. What was your childhood dream? Um, I wanted to be a writer. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> oh my God. I think originally, so like before I have any sense of reality or like I have any sense of like knowing what I want to do, I wanted to be like um, a flight attendant from Ooh. like this child, you know, like books for children that I saw. And I'm like, oh, that looks pretty. I want to be like that. And then I realized you have to constantly like wear high heels, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> so up to this day, I don't think I can walk properly in heels. No, not for me. And later on, I got really interested in reading and writing. And I've honestly wanted to become a writer for the longest time until I realized it's not going to be possible. Yeah. And I went into university. Aw, your dream can still come true. I believe in you. Yeah, it can I still come true. Dream. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe <laughs> one day. Who knows, right? And for high heels, I would highly suggest for you to try block high heels or even yeah. wedges can help you a lot. I don't do like the stilettos myself, but block high heels are very comfortable or can be very comfortable. So just a tip. But yeah, really, really mind boggling. And they actually in the movie had like a representation of that. They had like these twins or something and their dream was to become like vloggers or youtubers it was sorry and uh in like before the prom scene they had like a cute little videos of two girls watching them um try on like their clothes for prom so I thought that was a cute touch and maybe also like a nod to that statistic but going to get back to the movie one of the kids is a vegetarian which is a plus one to the vegetarian count I'm pretty sure it was a joke that he was a vegetarian but was I still wanted yeah. to mention it <laughs> Because it could potentially be real. We don't know. So when Jamie was asked what he planned to do in the future, um, Jamie replies that he doesn't know at first. But then we see into his mind's eye that he wants to be a drag queen, a performer. And he replies that he wants to be a performer. And that really upsets his teacher, Miss Hedge. Miss Hedge is going to have somewhat of an antagonistic role in this uh, musical. So just keep that in mind. Jamie walks back home with his friend, Pretty, 
And they discuss how Jamie's dad, whom Jamie hasn't seen in a while, is coming for his birthday. So we cut back to his home where his mom is preparing for his birthday party when she gets a text that Jamie's deadbeat dad isn't going to show up. So what does she do? She bolts to write and sign a fake birthday card from his dad to Jamie along with some birthday money before he returns from school to fake that his dad cared about him. For her own gift, his mom gave Jamie beautiful sparkling high heels um, that Jamie actually saw and he was saving up for. And we also learned that that was his uh, first ever pair of high heels. So very cute, but intimate, like birthday party. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Jamie brings the heels to school to show pretty. He doesn't walk in them. He just brings them along with him. At first, she is a little bit confused, but she gets it after like Jamie explains to her that he wants to be drag queen. And even though she thinks it's a little bit weird, she's supportive. And they bond about how they're both weird and don't necessarily fit in. So Jamie, as we discussed, he's quote unquote weird for his drag queen aspirations. And Pretty is weird because she's a hijabi Muslim with a Hindu name who wants to be a doctor. I don't think either of those are weird, but okay. At lunch, Jamie and Pretty are bullied by another student called Dean. But Jamie stands up both for himself and Pretty by saying that Dean has a small penis. And in all fairness, he does radiate small dick energy. After that altercation, Pretty convinces Jamie to wear the heels to prom because life is too short so might as well be yourself and Jamie is convinced by that and decides to come out as a drug queen at prom so prom is going to be quite a big event for him Jamie's mom went to Jamie's dad and obviously we can understand they're separated um, and the purpose of her visit is to chastise him for not showing up um, or even as much as wishing Jamie happy birthday. His dad, we learn, is quite homophobic and feels no connection to Jamie, which is why he is so uninvolved in his life. Um, we also learn that his new wife is pregnant. Jamie's looking for a dress to go with his new shoes and goes into a local drugstore drug drag <laughs> store <laughs> imagine right just when you're like cvs or is cvs a drugstore um or like our equivalent i guess would be shoppers or even walmart has like a drugstore portion of it and getting yourself a nice dress there <laughs> he talks to the store owner um his name is hugo i believe and he asks jamie what's his drug name and so far he doesn't know the store owner was a drag queen um, as well, and his drag name, I believe, was Loco Chanel, and he reminisces about his time in the spotlight. Realizing the gravity of the history of drag and how past drag queens fought for his right to be who he is, Jamie is really overcome with self-doubt and emotions, and he leaves the store pretty quickly. But after a quick conversation with Pretty, who gives him moral support, he goes back to the store with Pretty in tow. The store owner convinces Jamie to do a drag night at a local club as an opening act, which is a huge opportunity for Jamie. So just to reel up for the night, Jamie invites his mom and aunt to show up. And he also excitedly goes to invite his dad through his mom, since he still believes his dad is supportive of him. And, you know, the only reason why he's not showing up is he's too busy, Uh, which no, no, baby, he's not. Um, Jamie earns enough money to buy the dress uh, from the drag show 
show shop and the store owner makes a cute little RuPaul reference which was sashay away I thought it was a nice touch on the day of the drag show we find out that Jamie can't do makeup uh at least he can't do his eyebrows and I remember we talked about it some previous time you mentioned like the only thing that you do usually when you do your makeup is at least your eyebrows mm-hmm. so he should have come to you for help clearly oh I'm not great at it <laughs> so I think he'll regret it anyway Aww. um yeah might as well have pretty do it for him <laughs> well if he's not coming to you for help he did ask pretty for help and pretty puts off studying for her math test to help him out now take that in that scene imagine it in your mind's eye so this whole like situation between him and pretty happens in the washroom now his teacher miss hedge hears them talking and comes into the washroom of her students and when i say washroom i mean stall she comes into the stall i don't know a single school where this would be acceptable for a teacher to come into a stall to have a conversation with you that that does not happen um and she has a lot of like things that would not happen like i remember at one point she like pushes jamie out of a classroom like you cannot lay hands on your student what is going on uh so this is how you know it's a movie Pretty uh, lies that Jamie's face is her art exam project and they did the entire thing in the washroom because Jamie is shy and he doesn't want to do it in the classroom. Um, hearing that, Miss Hedge forces Jamie to march out with his ridiculously mismatched eyebrows. At first, he is really embarrassed by this, but by the end of, you know, walking through the hall and into the art class, he really enjoys the attention. So Jamie was going to the drag show after school to prepare for his performance, but he almost chickens out um, and is stopped by Loco Chanel. So he's followed also by his bully, Dean, and a pack of his friends, all of which taunt him. Loco Chanel offers to do his eyebrows, his makeup, do the entire thing for him, and also gives him another pep talk, yet another one, to do the drag show. So while he gets ready with the help of the other queens, um, before going to the stage, he receives flowers from his dad, telling him he can't make it to the performance, but good luck and that he's proud of him. So um, Jamie still doesn't know his drag queen name, but right before his start, Loco Chanel manages to coax a name out of Jamie. His name is, or her name, I guess, Nimi Me. So last minute, Pretty makes it after she told Jamie she can't come. Jamie has a smash hit performance. And Mimi Me looked absolutely dropped it gorgeous, in my opinion. And though his bullies sat in the front row taunting him, he still gave like a great performance. So it was a huge night for him. So the following day, the school is abuzz following Jamie's performance. The cafeteria scene for that song, the song is everybody's talking about Jamie, is so close to stick to the status quo from High School Musical. Did you see that? <laughs> is it? It's so close. Like the choreography, the vibe, the song, at least the way it was performed in here is very reminiscent. Like I could picture it. I think I skipped it. that song. Because oh, I've seen it in the... In- the stage production so I'm like okay it's the same thing so I just skip it I see fair enough if you like to stick to the status quo or if high school musical tickled your fancy um just seeing that 
portion from the movie, I think would really give you high school musical vibes. So Jamie goes to class as me, 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 not as himself, uh, with kind of like flamboyant false lashes and is being incredibly rude to the teacher. He's talking back, he's insulting her and just being a general nuisance. So as a result, Miss Hedge escorts him to the principal office. She leaves and then Dean, who is his bully, comes in. Jamie kisses him and the two brawl. Um, he doesn't kiss him in, like in a sexual way, in a or romantic way. He kisses him because like he's annoyed by him and this is kind of his way to like talk back to him. Um, and then the two fight afterwards. So Miss Head, can I just say sorry? Oh, yeah, can I just go say, for it. Jump like, in. Like in the stage production, it was actually so much cuter. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but Dean was less of an asshole in there. So oh. like the fight scene after the kiss, it didn't happen. Like Dean was more like confused, even mm-hmm. like he had this weird look on his face, and um, and he started referring to Mimi with her, like the pronoun oh. her after that. So. I don't know. I thought it was like, okay, not maybe not necessarily like a cute moment because he, like literally a second before the kiss, he was being physically aggressive. Mm-hmm. But then I thought like Dean was less of an asshole in there. Yeah, for sure. I read the Wikipedia entry for the musical just because I didn't watch like the pro shop like you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did mention that he seemed like more flustered. Dean seemed more flustered or flustered about like the kiss and that there is a little bit of like hinting going on there. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad they didn't go through that route here. And I was hoping that they won't go through that around the route to the entire movie, but they do have some kind of suggestiveness in the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can discuss this later, but I wasn't a big fan and I'm, I was glad at this point that it didn't happen. <laughs> so yeah, Miss um, Hedge separates him and Dean and um, Dean also kind of like reveals that Jamie is going to go to prom and drag. And as a result, he's not willing to go to prom because he doesn't feel uncomfortable. And because of that, Miss Hedge is like, oh, okay, so you're not going to prom and drag because you're not going to alienate the other students. And she kind of puts her foot down. Um, personally, at this point in the movie, I was feeling really annoyed because of Jamie's behavior. Um, but when he was talking back to the principal and Miss Hedge, he was kind of like being like a literal baby, not in his behavior necessarily, but also his behavior. But the fact that he just like echoes back the saying that he heard from the other drag queens at the club and the way that he throws a tra- tantrum, I realized that he's just checking his boundaries and he's like taking his tentative first steps I don't know if you had like this aha moment but this is the only reason why I didn't like want to deck him at that like like then and there because of that one sentence where he echoes the drag queens from the night before I think he also did that then yeah I thought it was really, really sweet um, because you can see how much he incorporates it into his own persona, how much he looks up to the other drag queens and the fact that he's testing his boundaries by throwing this entire tantrum, trying to get attention is very childlike. I think it's very cute in a way, even though he can be very annoying, especially in that scene, the way that he talks back to people, the way he picks up fights. But there's also something really cute, in my opinion, in there. Um, but moving on, Jamie goes to Pretty, essentially to bitch about his situation, and she gives him a pep talk, yet another one. I think we had like 50, the count is about 50 up until now, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she also injects some kind of 
word of wisdom. So her words of wisdom to Jamie is not everything has to be about you all the time. And this is really a lesson he needs to learn, especially at this point. So Jamie opens up that in his childhood, his dad caught him dressing up and he was really disgusted by him dressing up. Pretty then encourages him to go to his dad because you know what? He might have had a change of mind. She cites his dad giving him flowers before the show as like, see, it's probably not that bad anymore. And in the movie, I really don't think, based on what I wrote, read in Wikipedia, there is context to it. But I can interpret it. She kept singing her song after he leaves, the beautiful song after he leaves. And she kind of like stares at him longingly. So the question that was going through my mind is, is Pretty in love with Jamie? Was there any like similarities in the show? You read my mind. This is the exact same thought that I was having when I was watching the stage production too. So mm-hmm. in the show, after he gives her a kiss on the cheek, mm-hmm. like she just seems like super lost. Even yeah. like she was like looking at him as he leaves and like singing her song. Like I think there's definitely something, and especially the first line she sings is "It's a secret that cannot be told" or something like that. Um, so I think deep down she has some kind of feelings for for Jamie but then she knows that Jamie is not into girls so mm-hmm. she just chose to be his best friends instead that's my understanding of it but I don't know I try to google and to see if other people also feel like there could be um some sort of like a hidden crush that she was having on Jamie but I haven't found anything but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who thinks like that oh, especially totally. yeah since oh you also feel like the same thing exactly yeah (laughs) um so I was really weirded out by that I wasn't sure it seems like that's what they were going for at least to me it seems like to you as well I don't know how I feel about that but I guess we can discuss this later so Jamie goes to see his dad as pretty suggests and thanks him for the flowers his dad actually has no clue obviously about the flowers or the drag show He also tells him that he wants nothing to do with him and doesn't consider him his son. And then he drives off. Jamie then goes to uh, confront his mom about her lying and rips his drag dress in the meanwhile. And um, Jamie is once again, like, living his flop era by taking all his angers on his mom who just wanted to make him happy and he really disrespects her very low point for him which it's designed to be and then he goes gets drunk and then um, goes to the football match where his father is at in drag he gets beat by the crowd and then is promptly ignored by his dad again so after this whole affair he goes to the drag store yakking and is tended to by the owner hugo so after he is i would say somewhat fully recovered he goes back home and apologizes to to his mother she apologizes for lying in return and he asks her like a very vulnerable question which is whether she ever wishes he'd be normal. But she said she wishes for him to be exactly who he is because he is beautiful. Aww. Right? That's a very sweet scene. Yeah, but Um, she replies that what mm -hmm. is normal, like this is normal for you. It was so, so, so genuine. Like it was such a touching moment. I think, I don't know. It's one of the best moments in the show, I think. Mm -hmm. It's very dear of Hinson though. Yeah. 
So it's prom night and everyone is getting ready. At prom, Dean is bullying Pretty for wearing makeup, but she stands up for herself. Jamie shows up in a dress and heels and everybody is talking about him once again, um, about how good he looks and they rush to take pictures of him. Uh, and then Miss Hedge sees him. He, she doesn't let him enter the prom due to him wearing a dress. She told him you can come in and, in drag and Jamie is about to leave, but Pretty doesn't let him leave. And the entire student body stands behind him and refuses to go to the prom without Jamie. So I think he kind of learned his lesson there, saying that, you know, the students should enter because it's their special night too. It's not just his own, though he did come as himself and not as me, me, me. He is disappointed he can't come in because he honored Miss Hedge's words and agreement. Um, but it, they should go in there because it's their night. After hearing that, Miss Hedge relents and allows him to enter. So for whatever random reason, Jamie goes to comfort Dean after Pretty puts him in his place, rightfully. And he offers to dance with him at prom. And the two hold hands and go to the dance floor to dance after Dean apologizes to Pretty. So that is kind of how the show ends. Um, the holding hand scene is what I hoped wouldn't happen, but they leave it ambiguous enough. So, you know, I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah. The ending the show was a little bit different though. So mm-hmm. it ends right at when Jamie says, I'll take the lead or I'll lead or something like that. And mm-hmm. the two of them like runs into the prom and that was it. So there's no the apology scene. There's no the selfie scene. There's no nothing. Like, there's definitely not the, the last song. I mean, yep. there is a last song in the show, but that didn't happen the prom. So, yeah. I see, I see. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, that's the show. Um, What should we do now? I don't know. Do you want to start <laughs> with your favorite song, maybe? Uh, I only had... <laughs> okay, we could go with there, I guess, because I only had one song that I would consider, like, nice <laughs> mm-hmm. um I would maybe think about perhaps putting it in my playlist it none of the music wowed me I have to say the music really felt to me like Dear Evan Hansen on steroids and I'm saying that because it felt very popish rather than musical theater and the pop music especially in the movie didn't necessarily mesh with the plot that well it felt kind of like plopped in I listened of course to the cast recording not the movie cast recording like the genuine um you know show cast recording and they sounded a lot better just because the people who were singing they were actors not necessarily singers and some of their songs were rough very rough and yeah that was just a preamble to <laughs> to say but the only song that I think I really liked or I liked compared to everything else was work of art Mm -hmm. how about yourself I don't mind the music to be honest I feel like in general um I'm just really sad that it cut the legend of loco chanel from the movie to be honest Mm -hmm. like when you when we were just going through that part of the plot I was gonna say that that part was really serious and heavy in the movie compared to the show that Mm -hmm. that part in the show was such a funny moment like it was so light so energetic it was all about having this fun flashback to local Chanel and her life and things like that and obviously I get why they want to 
insert the heavy historical lessons here mm -hmm. and that carries more weight in terms of understanding where this comes from understanding the sacrifices understanding the history and everything but it just makes the whole thing very serious and I didn't feel like it fit with the tone of the musical necessarily so that's mm -hmm. just me but that being said I really enjoyed the legend of local Chanel for example the other song that I also cut from the movie if I met myself again was also a really great song from Margaret the mom and the person who was Margaret in the show was fantastic like she has a gorgeous vocal so I really love this song as well so in general I actually kind of disagree. I feel like even though the theme is very similar to Dear Evan Hansen, mm -hmm. but I feel like I enjoy the songs here way more than I did enjoy with um, Dear Evan Hansen songs. Okay. But that's just me though. No, that's completely fair. And I think you would definitely be in the majority here. For me, I just couldn't really like the genre. Generally, I like pop, but... I like it in top 40s rather than in my musicals. So I think that had a lot to contribute to why I'm so lukewarm about the music. There were mm -hmm. a few songs that were good. I agree that Loco Chanel, The Legend of Loco Chanel is one of the better ones um, apart from work of art. There are some that I really disliked. So as much as I like Pretty as a character, I really disliked her song. Um, it just felt really, really blah to me. I don't like slow songs in general and like slow pop ballads are the worst for me. So that would be why we dislike a lot of these because they alternated pretty heavily between fast songs and slow songs. And for somebody like me who does tend to like something that is more, I guess, fast paced, more energetic, there weren't enough of those here. And the ones that I did like were fast paced and energetic, the one that were stands out for me. So that being said, that kind of also leads us to the tone of the movie. Again, I can't talk about the differences between the movie and the show, for example, like you can, just because I'm only watching a movie. But there were a huge imbalance between the serious songs or the songs that are more like carefree but slow compared to the high energetic triumphant numbers I don't think there were quite enough of the high energetic triumphant numbers the happy moments the even more campy moments compared to the ones that are more introspective and slow for me again do you think did you have any problem with the tone of the movie did you sense this imbalance yourself I feel like there is a lot of things I want to say about the differences between the movie and the show because the show is a lot more enjoyable to watch, in my opinion. Again, this might be because I didn't watch the movie entirely. Like, mm -hmm. I skip a lot of things. But so I think the actor's name is John. Uh, I think John's version of Jamie in the show was so much more fun. Like he was really energetic. He was like giggly like all the time. He makes all these jokes. He has a lot of like physical comedy as well. Like mm. he's just like a sweet, funny boy to watch or girl, I guess. Um, <laughs> and watching his performance, it's like, it put a smile on your face because it's so cute. It's mm -hmm. literally so cute. Even like his reaction of getting his new shoes or like his reaction when he was showing his mom the fact that he's going to be like a truck driver in, in the future. Like everything about him was just so cute. It screams like bubbliness and it's just so, so, so adorable to watch. But I'm not saying that I think his name was like Max Harwood. 
or something. I am not saying his version of Jamie is bad, but I think he definitely brings out a more sentimental, if not like a serious, like a more typical teenager vibe of mm-hmm. Jamie to the movie. So I can see why people will make that parallel comparison between this movie and like Dear Evan Hansen, because I also feel like Dear Evan Hansen was more serious. Like Evan was like constantly being in this like more of a depressive mood, I think. And, and Jamie, I'm not saying that he's depressing, but like he is a lot more serious in the movie. Mm-hmm. And overall, the tone of the movie was also a lot more serious. So we have that scene where, you know, the heavy histor- uh, history lesson being taught and his relationship with his dad as well. Like his dad didn't appear so much in the show. Like he appeared like twice or something but is as significant like he still play a very important role in terms of making Jamie feel like he's lesser or something so Mm -hmm. I didn't know why they put like so much emphasis on like his dad in the movie and the other thing is the character of Ray so the character of Ray in the show was much more important like she's very supportive she's always there um she has this pep talk with Jamie right before he goes into back into the house to make up with his mom. And he she's kind of like there as a more of a father figure kind of. Like she's very strong and independent. And you can see that she has a very genuine friendship with Margaret as well. So there's a lot of things like she will buy chocolates or chocolate on discount or she will like encourage Margaret to go out there and date again and and things like that so she's definitely more of the carefree lifestyle type of person I'm not sure if you get the same vibe from her in the movie I don't think so I think her character is very much toned down and that is such a shame because I feel like she is the encouragement of encouraging Margaret to live her life as well to move on and to kind of like live for herself and that is a sub development for the character of Margaret which I think is a very important subplot that we have here as well so I love Ray in the show I feel like Ray didn't do much or didn't do as much as she could have done in the movie and that's another thing that I feel like was taken away because Ray is definitely an energetic character. So she makes a lot of jokes in the show. And when you kind of tone her down, then the movie is not as funny, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I think the movie as it is, it's fine, but it's just after you watch it, where if you compare it with the show, then I personally think the show is a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, based on what you're saying, it sounds like the movie really seeped a lot of the charm out of the show, just in terms of the energy levels, the bubbliness, as you mentioned yourself, um, that the show has in the title character and even in other side characters, their time to shine was reduced, but nothing was added to the charm of Jamie, for example, in this case, because it seems Mm -hmm. like big moments for him, like the physical comedies that would make him more endearing, or even just like the pleasant, positive sunshine of the personality, which usually is a very endearing quality was also taken away in favor of a more serious toned down film but the thing is they didn't really commit to a very serious toned down film in my mm-hmm. opinion yeah. it's kind of the halfway in between and when you are halfway in between you don't do either of them completely and you miss the entire plot and miss the entire experience which is really a shame I really like that you said what you said about Ray because I also had questions I thought that the whole scenes where they cut to the mom 
was kind of a waste. I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm enjoying seeing things from a different perspectives. They're not just Janie, but those threads of plots are not really going anywhere. They're kind of useless in the movie, at least. So you could devote more time to make Janie um, battle and like self-experience and realizing who he is more palatable or more substantial to um, his arc which they're not mm-hmm. doing you could spend more time seeing his relationship with pretty which is a huge uh, point of contention for me because I think the relationship the way that it's portrayed in the movie is very iffy or alternatively they could have the runtime was the same with the show right between the movie and the show um I think so well, how long was the movie again because the show two hours Oh, so I think, yeah, okay. I think it's about the same. Then does it mean that Ray's role was given to um, Loco Chanel? I have no idea, to be honest. Is there anything yeah. that they added? Oh, they added the stuff with the dad, you said, right? The dad took less of an important role in the, in the show? Yeah. I mean, the important things, like, for example, his conversation with Jamie is still there. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, not too much. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm guessing that came an expense of Ray. I'm not sure why they did that because you don't really see much of Ray. She's there. She's nice, of course, but she doesn't give us much else besides being a little bit of a support to his mom, being the third person in Jamie's party, but she doesn't really have a more substantial relationship with Jamie nor with his mom. So it seems to me like they really nerfed her involvement which is really, really sad. And mm-hmm. if they were going to nerf her involvement and also by extension nerf his mom's role, um, they could have done something else to fill the time rather than um, focus on his dad. They could have focused on other elements that would make the show more cohesive. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about Pretty? Sure. I really like Pretty as a character. Um, she is really, really smart. She's very supportive. She is the perfect best friend. And that's the issue. Pretty suffers from a very common trope in coming of age movies, which is the perfect best friend who has no life outside the main character and exists solely to give pep talks. I mean, we do hear about her aspiration of becoming a doctor, but in the end of the day, she, for example, forgoes or is willing to forgo studying for a math test to um, help Jamie fix his eyebrows, like, come on. Um, Or she's not focusing on herself, for example, like when Jamie came to her room and she's like, can you quiet down? My father doesn't allow me to have boys in the room. He's not really being mindful of that. He's not necessarily respecting her, but she lets it go all the time. And she still gives him pep talk after pep talk after pep talk, like, I think she gave him more pep talk than Hugo and his mom combined. She's always there for him. And she gets so little, like, it doesn't have to be tit-for-tat relationship. Like, oh, you know, she does something nice for him. He must do something nice for her in return. But he doesn't necessarily respect her boundaries. And he doesn't necessarily respect her dreams. And he doesn't encourage her the same way that she encourages him when she says, I am in need of encouragement at this point or another. And I really think she deserves better than Jamie, at least in the movie. It could be completely different in the show. But in the movie, she was too good for him, in my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. I think in the show they have a little bit more of a um friendly dynamic, and Jamie seemed like he cares about her a little、mm-hmm. bit more. Again, I might be biased. I might be biased, and I might be biased. <laughs> It's important to say three times, but I do think that their relationship seems more. Genuine and real in the、mm-hmm. show. I'm not saying that she is a completely different person. She has like a totally different arc in the、mm-hmm. show. No, like she still kind of suffers through like that. Oh, I'm the best friend <laughs>、um, category, and she didn't really have too much of a her own development. Her songs are all about Jamie and Jamie alone. So、mm-hmm. I can definitely see where you're coming from, but I do feel like in the show at least that they have a little bit more of a friendly interactions together. Even though I feel like sometimes in the movie they might try to include her too much. So, for example, when he goes to the the shop of Loka, or I can't remember the name of that drag shop, he actually went alone in in the show. So instead of having her to accompany him, and obviously he didn't run out, they didn't have to have like another pep talk. So that was completely absent in the show.、Um, now, that's not to say that. You know, everything is perfect there. I I think she can still use a little bit more of、um, development. I like her her arc of finally standing up for herself. I just think it comes a little bit too late. Yeah, and I didn't see that she had an arc at least in the movie. So it didn't seem like she had a lot of difficulty standing up for herself. I know that the first time they were confronted by Dean, it was Jamie who stood up for both of them. But to me, it seemed like, oh, you know, this is very early on in a movie, and he needed to show that he is like. Proud of who he is as a person, and also is willing to talk back, and that is the reason why I assumed he was talking rather than her. It doesn't seem like she was like really cowering in the corner and not willing to speak and just going to take it、um, without saying a word. She was also willing to lie to a teacher. Maybe that's like all evidence to her coming to her own as a person and be willing to stand up for herself. But I didn't get that vibe at all from the movie, at least.、Mm-hmm. So it could be that it is different in the show. For sure, but her、um, character or the kind of character that she fulfills in terms of the plot is really emblematic of another issue that I had with the movie, which is the amount of pep talks that he was needed. Like literally, he had any sort of crisis, he would be sorted within just like two seconds of a pep talk,、mm, and that would be、sure. sufficient. And there are probably, I'm not kidding, like. Of those because there were a lot of small crises. I mean, they're not necessarily small, but like smaller in terms of the、um, time that the plot was devoted to them. Crises involved in here, and after every single one of them, he would need somebody to talk him into like doing the thing he wants to do. And I completely understand. Like, if you are not feeling Like yourself, if you're feeling very insecure and there is a lot of drama coming、uh, to your life, especially in a coming of age movie or a coming of age show, you would be expected to have a lot of these moments in your life, and you would need a lot of support. But considering that you only have what two hours of a show, the amount of pep talks was really, really ridiculous. Like it's too overblown. So. I didn't really like that formula of just crisis pep talk, crisis pep talk, crisis pep talk. And、mm-hmm. I personally love coming of age movies. Like I don't care if he is being selfish. I can see that. Like it's it's fine. I don't care if it's very like repetitive 
as in I've seen like a one coming of age show then I've seen them all this kind of thing I don't care about these kind of stuff but I care that the character is genuine and you can connect with them and I think they tried to make this so serious that they took a lot of the charm from the show based on what I'm hearing from y'all mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. no I agree with that I think especially in act two we can definitely see how all the things, all the troubles, all the problems, it got solved in like literally a minute and everything is all mm-hmm. good again. Um, and speaking of which, I think personally, this is probably irrelevant, I don't know, but you can let me know. Personally, I feel like the wall in my head is wrongly placed in act one. I feel like it will fit much more, much better in act two, especially when he has that awakening moment be like okay I don't need the approval from my dad and I'm like trying to overcoming this fear of being ugly of being not enough of being disgusting and and things like that like being all these things that he's been fearful all his life and finally climbing over that wall I feel like that would be such a better development song for act two um -hmm. so I was surprised to see that they placed so early on in the show as well like it's like the third song or something yeah. so it was really early and don't get me wrong when I heard it I was like okay that's a that's a good song and it like kind of showcases struggle a little bit so I like that but I just feel like there was something missing in act two like we we need some kind of self-reflection from Jamie mm-hmm. and you don't really get that you get like a beautiful song that she he sings with Margaret which I love I definitely love I just feel like he needs that moment to reflect and be like he doesn't need anyone's approval he doesn't need his dad he doesn't need like nobody and he can be overcoming these challenges by himself like that's the type of reflection I was hoping to see but yeah, but that was in Act 1. And I you're thought right. that, yeah, it could be much more better in Act 2. No, you're 100% right. And I do think we really miss that because inarguably, the moment after he goes to the match, I know, I'm guessing at least, it didn't happen in the musical or the show itself. But when he goes to the match in drag and gets beat and all that kind of stuff, like, what he does right after is run to get some moral support from somebody else. I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad strategy. That's completely okay to go to a place where you feel secure and comforted and get help from other people in real life. But narratively, I think it would be a lot more impactful if we had a chance to see him in his low point more and kind of psychologically climbing out of that hole that he's in himself. Especially Mm -hmm. since, at least in the movie, they keep hammering down how much his experiences with his father really shaped who he is today, why he's craving attention so much, why he feels insecure. Um, And literally the scene before, they mentioned how it all goes back to the moment where he dressed up and his father saw him and he was disgusted and disappointed by him. So in order to have that kind of introspection he needs some alone time and it Mm -hmm. needs to be a conflict that doesn't disappear within a few moments like yes you have the moment with um hugo where he's cleaning him up and you also have the moment with his mom but the moment with his mom i think is more about their own relationship rather than 
who he yeah, is exactly. and how he acts with his dad for example it's not like about his dad and his own relationship it's not about um jamie with his own thoughts and emotions and trying to deal with everything it's about jamie and his mom so it doesn't really translate to that so really after the math of like that lowest point it get resolved within two seconds at the sh- at the shop mm-hmm. and that is really disappointing mm-hmm. so i 100 mm-hmm. agree with you i didn't know that I mean, obviously, I hear it in um, in order what it's in the cast recording, but it's not necessarily something like, oh, you know, I'm surprised it doesn't go to here and this doesn't go there, or stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there should be some kind of organizational differences. In yeah, here. yeah, absolutely. Okay, should we move on to like another character, maybe? Do you have another character you'd like to discuss? Maybe you can talk about Dean. Oh, okay, sure. So I personally feel like I'm <laughs> the first time I watched the show, I was like, oh, that's, you know, a little bit cute um, mm. in terms of like how he how they like seems to accept him or like how they the two of them like kind of reach this more peaceful, friendly stage. And I can't stop but keep thinking about whether or not Dean can be potentially like homosexual. But do you yeah. think so? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're definitely hinting at it. I find that very disappointing, personally, because I think it's such a cliche that <laughs> they have the bully who is bullying the only openly gay kid in town. And then, oh, my God, they have a kiss and suddenly they're together. It's been like done so much. It's been done on Glee. It's been done literally on every show in existence, especially in like the early 2000s, early 2010. And I think it kind of sends the wrong message. It sends the message that like, oh, you know, people bully you because they're they like themselves you. or yeah. they're liking you. And I think that's such a toxic message. Like really, really not. They've done that in sex education with Adam. I and- was gonna say that this reminds me of Adam and Eric so, 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 so much. And I, I know, but like Adam, I disliked that in the beginning because oh my god I forgot his name but Eric's boyfriend initially um he was such a sweetheart and Eric cheated on him with Adam and at first I was like yeah Adam doesn't seem stable why are you cheating on a wonderful boyfriend with Adam and then Adam became the best character in season three so then I swallowed my words real quick but he didn't become really like the best character because of relationship with Eric he became the best character because of who he is as a person um like regardless of his relationship with Eric but Mm That is a really annoying trope, in my opinion, because not everybody who is um, a bigot and is hateful is secretly, you know, in love with a person they're bullying. Some people are just hateful and gross. And you can also just solve that really quickly by saying, hey, your social status is low. Let's dance. It will make your social status better. Um, So... I didn't like that development just because of the toxicity that is or potentially is inherent within that trope and also the fact that the trope is really, really overdone. It would be more interesting if Elliot, Elliot, um, if D- I don't know why I called him Elliot, but <laughs> Dean had a little bit of a heart to heart with himself, maybe had his own song because in the movie, they give you a snapshot of like, oh, you know, his dad is an alcoholic. He's dead bit as well. Maybe he could have bonded with Jamie over that. The fact that they both have very disappointing fathers. And then he sees the humanity in Jamie. He sees that, you know, Jamie is 
uh, he has a lot of internalized um, homophobia and the reason for that existing is absolutely none. There is no reason for that existing. Um, you know, Jamie is a wonderful person. They have a lot in common and they become friends. I'd love to see something like that. But the angle of a romance for me, it's overplayed. Jamie deserves better than like a bully for sure. Um, so I don't like that. No, I hear you where you're coming from. I honestly don't think Jamie was interested in Dean romantically. Okay. But um, I can't see why you think it's a very toxic message. I agree. I think it's overdone as well. But I think the reason why it's overdone is because it is pretty realistic. Like in, you know, especially when you're a teenager, like a lot of guys or maybe not guys, but a lot of people would try to attract attention like that. Um, and also in the show, like he doesn't, it wasn't mentioned that he has an alcoholic dad at all, mm-hmm. actually. So anything about Dean's, Dean's family, like what kind of life he is, what kind of friends he has, like it's very ambiguous. Like we don't really know too much about him. We only get a snapshot of in the song, everybody is talking about Jamie. He wasn't involved at all. Like everyone was singing and dancing around him, but then you just see him like walking around or just sitting in the corner with his phone. So mm-hmm. he doesn't seem like he is too popular if you will like he's also seemed very isolated but that is also requires a, a lot of like reading into the character so we don't really know too much on the paper at least I personally feel like uh, Ding and Jamie having some sort of like genuine relationship not romantic necessarily would be nice to have mm. um probably because the the show Dean was also I don't know, like more, what's the word? I like it more, <laughs> in short. <laughs> more likable? Yeah, I think it's much more likable than the movie Dean for sure. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, yeah, so that's that. I think he is, there can definitely be some more death into his character. I feel like they really should consider giving him a solo. Um, yes. Because he, along with the teacher, they too change how they see Jamie and their attitude towards Jamie towards the end. And you sort of see a little bit more of a backstory for the teacher. I can't remember her name, but you definitely see that. And in the show, actually, they have a very good, like her acting was very good towards the end when she allows Jamie to go into the prom. I can feel for her. And I feel like I want to feel for Dean as well. And if you give him a solo song to kind of see it, things from his perspective maybe he've changed maybe he reflected on himself maybe the kiss did something maybe whatever right like maybe something happened within him internally and that made him to become a better person that will make their relationship connection friendship whatever it is much more realistic and much more relatable so I think that they can definitely do something more interesting with the character of Dean because he's changed and he's much more complex actually than for example pretty so (laughs) I definitely feel like there's some room to work with there yeah I mean I think both of them will have a lot of room to become complex pretty as well like pretty has a very interesting background about like you know she can talk about islamophobia for example or a cultural fit because the reason why dean is bullying her is obviously because of islamophobia and also potentially because she's associating with jamie so there's also room to explore that with her character in the show or the movie i suppose um which they really haven't done much and mm-hmm. i can see if they formulated things differently 
with the show, they had a lot more room to explore interesting themes with both Dean and Pretty. But you mentioned Miss um, Hedge. I am very curious about your thoughts regarding her. I don't really see her as a villain necessarily. Uh, to be honest, the movie version of her is already much more likable because oh. in the show, like she's literally the rudest teacher I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> um, so I don't know if you remember the scene when she called Margaret, so Jamie's mom, into the mm-hmm. office and they they talk about how Jamie's not allowed to wear the dress to the prom. Yeah, She was literally repeating the words that other parents said to her. So I feel like as a teacher, that is a very insensitive thing to do. So she repeated saying that, oh, the other parents called him literally, quote unquote, disgusting. And disgusting is a word that affects Jamie a lot. Not only did Jamie heard that word from his dad when he was young, and the scene where he also go back to his dad to ask about, to thank for the flower and, and the everything and paying for the dress, um, his dad also called him disgusting then. So I know in the movie, he says something like, I wanted a son so badly and I got you. But in the musical, like he repeated saying, you are disgusting again. So disgusting is a word that I think we can agree that is very central to Jamie's low self-esteem and his fear of being ugly. So the fact that she said disgusting to him in that scene was really pissing me off. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Even though you heard that, that's an awful word. Why do you feel like you need to repeat that to, you know, Jamie? That's that's very insensitive of her. So yeah, that very scene made me dislike her very much. But I also feel like maybe it's the acting um she has a much more interesting personality and just in general as a character in the show so towards the end when she agrees to let jamie in it wasn't just like an okay fine i give in you can go it's more like you can tell from the acting that she was agreeing she really sees jamie for who he is and she agrees with um the fact that this is the real him and she accepts that and she agrees with that. And that's why she lessened him. So I feel like even though the the ending was the same, like he got in, but the way that it was delivered was very different. I see. Yeah, I feel like there might have been some kind of like elements that are carry on from the show, but are not fully realized uh, to their full potential in the movie. So the way that Jamie mocks her about her having no future, her reaching nowhere. I feel like there is probably a lot of potential um, from the show itself where they talked about it more, they explored it more, even just in the way she delivers certain lines or her acting within like specific scenes. Is that something that is true? Like the barbs that he throws at her, are they something that you also see in the show? Okay, I don't remember that happening in the show, to be honest. I think in the show, she just said something like, oh, good luck, because you're going to need it if you're going to keep going down that route. And mm-hmm. Jamie didn't say anything rude to her. Oh, interesting. At all. Okay. Like, it wasn't like a talk back or anything. Like, obviously, there's some kind of like, oh, this is me. <laughs> but there's nothing like a personal attack of like, oh, this is what you deserve or anything like that. Mm, I see. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think I am kind of tithering on the edge of Miss Hedge is a little like the villain or fulfilling a villainous role in here versus Miss Hedge is having complex emotions and an arc of her own. 
Um, and the reason for that is, is this reasonable for a teacher to do and a teacher to experience, or is this something that we wouldn't see in real life and is not reasonable? And for some um, points, they are quite unreasonable. For others, it's very, very reasonable. And by the end of it, I think that her overall character leans towards more reasonable and more sympathetic, whereas in villainous and unreasonable, she definitely has her moments, like I said before, the moment with the washroom stall, the mm. moment where she pushes Jamie to the principal office after he insults her, like physically touches him. I don't think any teacher would do that. And she does seem to be a little bit more thorny in the very first time we see her in the career lesson but after that the bite is taking quite a little bit down um, compared to at least what you're communicating and is more left with unreasonable things that a teacher would do like the ones I've listed before but in the end it seems like her wants from Jamie is mainly to grow as a person, realize he's not the only person in the world. Um, there are other people around him that needs his attention. There are people too that are going through things and are having their own moments. And in the movie, the way they contextualize it at least is the reason why she lets him go into the um, into prom is because he has that realization. He came as his authentic self rather than as his drag persona and he is bonding the entire student body together um, through his experience and their shared experience. So there is an arc there to speak of. I'm not sure it was cleanly done or very well done, but it's still there and I do like mm -hmm. it about her because apart from Jamie, she's the only one who's going through an arc mm -hmm. in this show or at yeah. least in the musical. Okay, that's fair. Um, do you want to talk about Jamie? Sure. Okay, so um, I mentioned before that Emma said she wasn't a big fan of Jamie's characterization of the scenes that she's seen. I have no idea if she's seen the um, particular scenes from the movie or from the show. Can't speak on that. But I found Jamie to be quite an interesting character he has a very classic coming of age movie of being the protagonist and everything revolving around you but in a very cute and endearing way at moments at other moments he was a little bit annoying I'm not gonna lie a little bit insufferable especially when he really decided to ignore everybody come into the school as me 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 and demand that everything is about himself and nobody else um that definitely screamed more egotistic to me but he has such cute vulnerability thrown in there and the issue that I have with his character seemed like they would be subsided a lot if I were to watch the show where than the movie because it seems like in the movie um, compared to the show, he's a lot less endearing. He is a lot less quirky and uh, positive as a person and more, I don't know, eternal crises mm -hmm. mode compared to anything else. So I kind of wish everything I'm going to discuss, I guess, in my opinions and my thoughts of everybody's talking about Jamie is going to be the context of the movie itself. And I do think it's separate enough from the show um, that I won't have a lot of input about the show itself. So just to put it out there, because based on how you're talking about it, based on, I guess, Emma liking it, um, songs-wise, stuff like that, I do think there are quite a big differences in how the characters are portrayed. Even if 
the plot or the character beats are not very different. The way the performer portrays them, the way that the plot is conceptualized through the medium of the movie versus the show differs a lot. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think part of the reason why, you know how I feel about teenage movie or teenage musical. Yeah. Um, and I, I hate them pretty much, but I didn't mind this one at all. And partly because a lot of the teenager musicals or stories that we cover so far, it's always like the very nerdy, like shy, introverted. Um, and it's just by looking at them, I just feel depressing a little bit sometimes mm-hmm. uh yes I'm talking about you dear Mintensen. but <laughs> uh, but when I watch everybody's talking about Jamie he is so fun like he is su- he has such a fun personality I really love his character to be honest I get that why people feel like that um the beginning of act two when he was really rude and he was really self-centered and he didn't really care too much about other people as me 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 I get it but I also get why he was like that because all his life like he was really worried about not being beautiful enough like he was really worried about being ugly he thinks that he is ugly like you can see that that has always been the center of fear of Jamie's like even and that was also reinforced in uh, the end of act one um so I think in the movie Dean was trying to attack him by saying that it was a freak show. But in the musical, he was trying to attack him by calling him Minger. So again, attacking on his on his appearance, on his look. So being called disgusting or being called ugly has always been his biggest fear. So mm-hmm. I feel like I understand it's very natural for him to, you know, create this very popular, very attractive persona of me, me, me. And now he wants to hide behind that persona. He wants to use this persona as himself without recognizing that there is a part of him, like the Jamie part, that needs the approval, that needs to be recognized, that needs to be acknowledged. So I think that part when he was like rude and being very, um, very self-centered and very just like, I'm the center of everything. Like I need to be the center of attention. I don't really care about other people. Like that is very convincing to me and it is not necessarily a character flaw. I think it's a um, something that he has to go through in order to complete his arc per se, you know? So I personally can relate to him much more because he has gone through that. And a part of the reason why I feel like it's not just a very LGBTQ friendly uh, musical, but also it could be relatable to it honestly, everybody, is that inner fear of feeling that you're not enough. And that is something that they explore in the musical. And I love seeing <laughs> Jamie does that because he does it in, in the less depressing way. It's not like, oh, I'm, I'm always sad. I'm always like, you know, doubting myself and, and having all these like very sad emotional songs. Like he does it in a very okay, maybe not fun all the time, but like his overall personality is much more energetic Mm -hmm. and make him much more enjoyable to watch and to follow through. And for me, it's, it's, just a character thing I maybe it's a personal preference too and I really really like him I, I think it's very relatable it's very real like he can be he can be selfish and he can be ignorant he can be rude he can be saying really hurtful things to literally his biggest supporter his mom and mm-hmm. and hurt her and 
the most horrible way possible but he's also able to make up to that and he's also able to accept himself eventually so i think his journey um in general is just a lot more interesting to me as an audience and i also love his character his personality much more than almost all of the teenager movie or teenager musical that we cover so far Okay. Yeah, for sure. It seems like there are a lot of differences between how Jamie You really portrayed. should watch the show, yeah. I think. I yeah. think that's the summary out of everything we discussed. Like, <laughs> I should watch the show because the show seems to be a lot more fun and happy and bubbly than the movie. And it's not like the movie's terrible, but the movie is oh, no, yeah. very tropey and the actors are actors and not singers and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah I think that bothers you too (laughs) it bothers me for sure for sure because there are a lot of there are a lot of numbers that I think are very well done in the cast recording and are quite disappointing in the movie Mm. context of things and I'm happy they didn't necessarily do a horrible auto-tuning slash dubbing like they did in Beauty and the Beast the live action one obviously um so you know there there are certain benefits Mm -hmm. I suppose but it wasn't it it wasn't it for me the characters seemed a lot more small and a lot more flat um compared to what i would expect nothing larger in life and eccentric and fun like the subject matter would suggest so it was a little bit of a disappointment for me mm. but i'm really really seeing from this that the show is everything that i'm hoping for um everything that i hoped from the movie at least or at least a lot more than what of what I was hoping for compared to the movie. <laughs> not necessarily, it's not going to fulfill my wildest dreams for the premise, but it's going to fulfill more of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, regardless, I mean, the, the songs is something that I did listen to from the actual show and they weren't my cup of tea. They're just too over the top pop for me for the most part, but over the top pop ballads rather than, you know, a fun, energetic song. And regardless, I'm not a big fan of that in context of a musical necessarily. There's sometimes that works for me. Like for example, when we covered six, um, the poppiness really worked or some more nostalgic pop like Mamma Mia from ABBA that does work. But this just feels like top 40 bubblegum Katy Perry sort of pop that didn't sit with me all that well. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Katy Perry. I loved her earlier stuff compared to her later stuff. This feels more like her later stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think unless there is any other character or aspect you want to talk about. No, that, not really. Okay, that we can move on to the funnest part of the episode (laughs) you're waiting for this aren't you I'm so waiting for this so I have to apologize in advance there was no character quiz for everybody's talking about Jane what I know shocking right I really expected there to be one but maybe because everybody's talking about Jamie, there was only one character that's relevant and everybody else kind of like went to the background and we can't all be Jamie's. So I decided to go for a RuPaul drug race quiz. Okay. Have you watched RuPaul? No. Okay. I started watching it in preparation. <laughs> Not really. Preparation. Oh, really? I didn't okay. have anything to watch. And I watched... The first few episodes of season three, the season where, spoiler alert, Raja wins. So, um, and I know Raja from America's Next Top Model, really, really 
great show. <laughs> I love America's Next Top Model. I didn't necessarily get too into RuPaul Drag Race as of yet. I think it will be a little bit more of an adjustment for me until I get used to it. Um, but I made sure that this quiz doesn't have a lot of questions that are relevant to that. I think there is one question that would be like, oh, you know, this is something you would need to know from the show, but you can mm. just guess that one. So um, without further ado, we <laughs> are doing this quiz that says which drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race you really are and this is from BuzzFeed. Okay which challenge are you most excited for? Snatch game, design challenge, rusical, lip sync performances. Design challenge? Okay I'm gonna go with design challenge as well. It's finally time for a snatch game. What character are you choosing? Someone not a lot of people know. A new pop star would be the best option. A classic diva, a bold choice, maybe Michelle. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how this game works, but okay. I'm guessing this one as well. I'm not familiar with the Snatch game. Maybe it's something that is later on, or maybe it's a name. It's something with a name, but I don't, okay. I can't put like the challenge to the name. Okay. I'm going to pick someone not a lot of people know. I'm going to go with a classic diva, I guess. Who's your favorite judge? Michelle. She's so sassy. I love it. Ross Matthews. Who could you not? How could you not love his joke? Rue, is that even a question? Santino Rice, please bring him back. Shit, I have no idea. <laughs> Literally no idea. Um, oh, man. I don't know, Michelle, probably? I'm going to go with Michelle as well. Okay. Choose a song to lip sync to. Nine by five. 925. Oh my God, something is wrong with me today. 925 <laughs> by Dolly Parton. I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. We just talked about her. Truth Hurts by Lizzo. I Will Survive. 925. Which runway theme are you most excited for? Pretty in Pink, Neon Queen Realness, Hat Incredible, Flower Power. Hat's Incredible? Pretty in Pink. Lastly, what's your favorite runway song? Cover Girl, Snapshot, Sissy That Walk, Category Is. I have no idea. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, snapshot? I don't know. I'm guessing I'll go with Cover Girl just for the America's Next Top Model connection. Uh -huh. Like a spread and Cover Girl. Not a spread and Cover Girl. A Cover Girl contract is a common prize. Huh. Okay, who'd you get? I got Jinx. Okay. And the only Jinx I know is from League of Legends, so I have no idea who this person is, but um, I'm, yeah, I don't know what that says about me, but here it goes. You've got <laughs> the one and only Jinx. You're creative and all of the box. You have a more unconventional style of drag that instantly separates you from the rest. You know who you are as a person and don't feel the need to change yourself or anyone else. Congrats. Woohoo. Um, I have no idea who I got I don't know this person, even from League of Legends. I don't know League of Legends either, so we're okay. <laughs> um, I got Alyssa Edwards, infamous. You got the Miss Squeet, 
Texas-born icon, Elisa Edwards. You're very determined and can light up any room with your dancing abilities. I can tell you right off the bat, that's false. <laughs> You're a pageant queen at heart. Congrats. Yay. Okay. I feel like that was a weird quiz because we have no idea who these people are. But yeah, if you do know, you should let us know. Yeah, you should let us know if this is accurate. I can tell you just based on the dancing ability, it's not accurate. <laughs> but who's to say, you know, maybe maybe it was like ironic. <laughs> no, maybe. maybe she's not actually great at dancing and they're putting it as a joke. If that's the case, then yes, yes, I can do that. <laughs> but should we go into our final ranking? Sure. I okay, so job. I'll give it... I'll give it 8 out of 10 cat kit. I do not get that reference. Okay, so it's part of, it is a, a type of chocolate that was brought to Margaret um, by Ray. And the reason why is because it's like a rip-off version of Kit Kat. Oh, that's cute. So it's always on sale. I love that. I'm going to give the movie, I don't know how much of a show, so the movie, <laughs> a 6 out of 10. Ooh. Yeah. Um, sparkly red heels okay nice good one yeah uh did i watch the show this is the movie don't come after me um <laughs> if it's your favorite i don't i don't think that my experiences speak to the authentic experience everybody's talking about jamie so take that in mind um but apart from that thank you so much for listening to this episode guys i think it was a lot about chaotic but also we got a lot of insight from here about the differences between the movie and the show and our thoughts of the characters themselves whichever way they're portrayed so i think it was fruitful if you <laughs> think of the same thing and you want to discuss the show or the movie with us you can do all that and more through social media at part of a podcast on instagram twitter and reddit if you're not a social media person neither are we you can reach out to us um on podway podcast at gmail.com now, if you also enjoyed our discussion and you have it in your heart to give us a review or just a five-star rating or what have you through Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to us through, please do so. It will help us grow the podcast a lot in the community and just help uh, more people see us, I suppose. So thank you again so much for listening and bye. Bye.